Mike one, Mike one. Isn't this a lot of fun? Did you America? Welcome to another edition of Did You America? He's Jeremy. I'm Ian Camfield. Thank you for hanging out with us for season two, episode... My arm is itchy. Your arm is itchy? Yeah. I almost lost the ability to talk over after overdosing on cinnamon mints in the past 24 hours. Well, I mean, you don't have to... Your issue isn't any worse than mine. Oh, I tell you, if you'd have come a couple of hours ago... I feel like I've had a, a proper allergic reaction a couple of hours ago during this podcast. I was thing like this because my mouth is there. What I'm saying is, is that I had a lot of cinnamon flavored mints yesterday, and it's like I got stung by some wild animal that gave me some sort of allergy. That even if I overdosed on Benadryl to the point that it would have put me asleep for two weeks because it makes you so drowsy. Let me ask you this: Was it? cinnamon like was it both minty and cinnamon or like they were cinnamon sucking candies like mint sucking candies mint sucking candies and i don't know what it is because so, so they were both minty and cinnamony well you know like you get the 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 like breath mints that you can get that are flavored okay this was yeah, 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 yeah. Flavored. i see what you're saying now okay but um and i don't know if you if it's possible to overdose on these because this is what happened. Yesterday, I got a last-minute call from the news network uh, that I work for. Uh, someone was sick last minute, and uh, they needed me to go in and do a shift. And um, it was like uh, afternoon. I'd barely eaten all day, and they needed someone like there and then. So I'm like, yeah, 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 I can go in and do it. So I go into the studio, and I'm starving. And I've got like six hours ahead of me uh it's quite boring programming on a Sunday. Oh. So I got six hours of like, okay, I'm going to be doing these shows fine. Uh, I'm starving. All I've got is a couple of boxes of these cinnamon mints. So I am like loading them up as if like just to sort of pass the time to try and quash the hunger. And about an hour into what I now think was a cinnamon OD, I'm like, oh, that feels a bit strange in my mouth. And then I thought, don't be ridiculous. Of all the things I've put in my mouth, cinnamon is going to do me damage. Don't be so <laughs> right. ridiculous. So I kept on going. And the more I did it, the more I was... Oh, so once your mouth started being sore, you just kept going. You fought through it. Yeah, because the idea that cinnamon would make my mouth sore. And by the way, these mints are my favorite mints. I'm also very pissed off because they just had a deal on them at Sprouts. And not to sound like the things that I uh, berate my dad for doing, but I bought five fucking packets if I can't eat the rest (laughs) of them. So I'm loading up this. And and the more I put in, the sorer my mouth got. And I thought, this is just, I'm just going to power on through so again the news network was so boring my main entertainment yesterday evening became me versus cinnamon i could (laughs) i could feel the damage that i was doing to myself but the idea i thought i used to do a bottle of jack daniels in one evening and now i can't suck on some cinnamon mints life cannot have come to this so i carried on and you know I felt like something was wrong, but I'm like, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna beat this. And I woke up this morning. I looked fine, but the inside of my mouth felt like I'd done ten rounds with Mike Tyson. Cinnamon mints. So even it was worse the next day. Yeah, like an like a proper allergy. Let, let me ask you this: Was there's no way these mints were? You said you just recently bought them, so they weren't expired. They weren't old mints. These are mints you have on a regular basis. Yeah, I mean, unless they put out uh, expired mints in in sprouts. I mean, I've always been a bit suspect of sprouts. I buy a lot of meat there, but every time I go in, I try. I feel like they're trying to make me vegan. This could be awful because so my dad he actually developed a allergy to avocado later in life like he wasn't you know he used to when he was younger eat guacamole avocado whatever on the reg and then one day as an adult it just it made him extremely sick and then from then on every time 
he would eat even the tiniest little bit of avocado. He would just start throwing up and he'd be sick for days. It was a really bad situation. And so I've always been fearful that like one day I might develop this same allergy to avocado guacamole. So I just avoid it generally. But you, if you were to have a late in life allergy to cinnamon, I mean, say goodbye to candles, my friend. Oh, it's going to be worse than quitting booze. Gosh. Yeah, man, this might be bad. And you might, I might come over one day and there's going to be a candle burning. You're just going to be dead. <sighs> and I won't blow out the candle. <laughs> I'll go as a good podcast co-host. I'll go right to the computer. I'll start it, hit record, and let everyone know that. Well, I'm looking for a new co-host. <laughs> and I bet by that point, we still have one got sponsored by Bath and Body Works. No, definitely not now. Damn. Their candles killed you. I don't, I mean, yeah. Because I, I, you hear about people that develop allergies later on in life. I get the, the, the form of your body changes. Like, for example, I never used to have any animal allergies although one of my friends has got a good theory that because of my real life dog phobia right i've spent so many years now avoiding dogs that i've actually my body's actually built up an intolerance to dogs so it, <laughs> so not only is there a psychological phobia but i've actually got an allergy to being around animal fur now because because i've got no tolerance right, no, for it nothing psychological there I didn't. They didn't used to make me sneeze. They just used to make me scared. Believe me, if I walk into a room and there's a dog there, I don't want to sneeze because the first thing I think is that, oh my god, I'm attracting attention to I, myself. I actually think that all humans are allergic to animal fur, and you just kind of put up with it as you like the animal. Like I'm not a fan of cats, right. so cats. Every time I'm around cats, I get stuffy. I sneeze all the time. Everyone I've ever talked to is like, oh, I can't be around cats. I'm deathly allergic to cats. But you know who doesn't say that? People with cats. Yeah, no, but that would be a theory. And so, therefore, my, uh, you know, years and years of avoiding being around dogs, I could have uh, genuinely built up an intolerance that's made that allergy that you think everyone's got way worse. But cinnamon, man. What about my sugar-free cinnamon dolce in Starbucks? Like, oh man! I when I quit booze, I didn't want to go on a journey to remove everything that was fun and had taste from my entire existence. You know what's gonna be the real irony? The only cinnamon flavor that you're gonna be able to handle the rest of your life is Fireball. <laughs> I don't know. This could lead me down a dark path. Back I, to the booze. Well, if I genuinely can't have cinnamon, I might have to revert back to my, okay, I'm going to open the bottle of Jack Daniels, throw away the top. We won't be needing that again. <laughs> kind of attitude to drinking. I mean, my God. So, yeah, watch this space. Cinnamon's giving me some issues. Fuck me getting old sucks. <laughs> you can't even suck on cinnamon. Yeah, death by cinnamon. All right. Cardi B, you queer beta. Moving on. <laughs> Nothing to see here. So Cardi B's got this uh, video out. Um, let me find out what the, uh, the... Wild Side is the name of the video. Has she covered Motley Crue? Is, that the mo <laughs> is, is, is Cardi B doing a take a walk on the wild side? Because I'm if, down with that. If that's the case, this might be the first Cardi B song I ever enjoyed. Well, I am uh, in the video where she is queer baiting. Get out. Um... She is uh, cuddling up to a uh, another female performer, and there are chains in the background. I mean, it's not a million miles removed from the Girls, Girls, Girls video. It could it could genuinely be a Motley Crue cover. I feel like they need a different name for queer baiting because that sounds like what I do when I watch lesbian porn. Well. <laughs> <laughs> if they are genuinely not lesbians and just two ladies in the act for the, for the sake of earning money, then they too, Jeremy, would be queer baiting. Wait, so are all those videos I'm watching on Pornhub considered queer baiting? Because I can, uh, by based on these other these actresses' other videos, they're not a hundred percent lesbian. Well, then I think they, you, and they would be cancelled by the standards of this portion of the LGBTQ plus community. So Cardi B's faced these accusations uh, for uh, uh, following this clip from the video, which sees her embracing Normandy while naked. And apparently elements of the LGBTQ plus 
community are angry because they're very well aware that Cardi B is expecting her second child with her husband. She's married in a straight relationship and having a child, her second child. So therefore, she's not allowed to uh, basically les it up in a video. Yeah, they can't be pregnant. (laughs) That's what they're saying, right? Well, I think they're saying a whole bunch of things. My takeaway from this was, isn't Cardi B showing what people who expect everything to be equal and want everyone to just accept everything is is basically okay. Like people that live in a world where they basically say that anything that is consensual sex and of age is fine, right? And we shouldn't be shocked by anything. Shouldn't those people be more applauding of Cardi B for showing off that, you know, she might have some lesbian tendencies? Isn't the sort of pansexual universe the world that these people who are complaining about this previously said we should all live in. Well, I feel like that's why so many people in the uh, entertainment industry have come out and been like, oh, I'm a pansexual, or oh, my my pronouns are they. It's almost like a protection thing against, you know, being canceled for if you're seen doing some freakiness on music video. But I don't... Like, if she came out a month ago and said, uh, my pronouns are they, most likely they would have been okay with this. The idea that it's like that the, the now it's queer baiting because they don't think that she's either gay or gay enough am i am i getting it wrong by saying well the fact that she's doing this is just like well this is normal people sometimes fancy a bit of the same for sex even though i'm married to a man and i've got my second child i thought that the people who now are saying she should be cancelled for this would be applauding that i'm conf- i can't keep up now i because you know I never actually read the headlines or I never read the stories when you send me stories that we're going to talk about potentially. I just kind of read the headlines. And I know you don't read the stories either. But do you know if she, like, has she responded to these accusations? Has she said anything? Like, is she defending herself? Because historically, when Cardi B, anyone says anything about her, against her, whatever... Her response is a big old fuck you to them. Pretty much. Okay, perfect. Because I was going to say, I... Uh, I'm not a fan of Cardi B's music by any means, but that doesn't mean I am not a huge Cardi B fan because anytime she has any public statement, it is potentially the most comedically funny thing ever out of someone's mouth. And her latest statement on queer baiting is as follows. You know, we was trying to hide a whole baby bump, right? Also, I'm married to a man, but I have to express so, with two O's, much about my bisexuality and my experiences with, without the H, girls. All of a sudden, queer baiting is the new word and people use it to the ground. Cardi wrote on Twitter. I've I'm honestly yet to meet a girl in my life that I've been intimate with at least that like doesn't at least have a little bit of attraction to women. Like I feel like that's a very common thing. So it's weird. Like if I put out a music video where I'm like lathering up oiled up men, I could see where they get that point. But like that's kind of always been a part of female sexuality. Right, 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 right. Um, I don't like this new queer baiting word. I feel like it pressures the artist to talk about their sexuality or their experiences that they don't feel comfortable speaking about. If I kiss a girl on video, does that mean she's got to show videos and text with other women? That's another response from Cardi B. As in, if she gets a little bit sexy with another female performer on a video, do you then have to show a whole catalogue of like, well, no, I was se- I've was been sexting with chicks for years. Right, basically like, where's, okay, saying. here's my music video, but then here's all the proof that you need that confirms the music right, right, video. Right, 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 right. So, you know... It, Meanwhile, it, it, it's just a music video. I'm sure whatever the song is about has nothing to do with what the video is about. A few years ago, right, two women getting intimate on a video, right? That would have riled up the rights of politics. And uh, my pants. uh, Right. You would have got as excited as they would have been disgusted. Exactly. And then everyone on the left would have been, oh, this is outrageous. They're so homophobic, blah, 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 blah. Now, if you're doing it, but you're married to a man and you've got a second child on the way, you're not allowed to do it either. Now I'm afraid to feel anything in my pants. I still feel it. You should have the fucking cinnamon mince I've had. I can't feel anything anywhere. (laughs) 
So I don't. I, it's just it's, this, we've covered this before on the podcast about how the goalposts keep on shifting about what you are and aren't allowed to do and the language that you're allowed to use and not allowed to use. And I can't keep up. But I think that I'm on the side of Cardi B with this. Yeah, I'm Team Cardi B. Let's do it. Um, in uh, similar stories, uh, Camilla Cabello has denied using blackface oh, okay. in a recent performance. All right, real canceling now. What's going on here? That's a headline for you. On uh, Jimmy Fallon. Um, and again, Wait, so she came out on Jimmy Fallon in blackface? No, she did a performance. See, this is why we have to read the stories. She did a performance of uh, her new song on uh, Jimmy Fallon. And the idea was that the performance, and I don't know, maybe the song is supposed to- It was a cover to- of Al Jolson's Mammy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Fallon sat in the wings and was like- no one checked this beforehand. <laughs> yeah, they're right. Like, he was standing like, right next to the roots, tapping his foot. Like, you guys don't love this? What's going on? He's like, have you seen how far behind Kimmel I am in the ratings already? <laughs> and though I know he got away with blackface, but I can't with my ratings, was what Fallon was thinking. I think Fallon had blackface issues too. Yeah, and he was going, and they crucified me for it. Kimmel was all right. You didn't let me take the summer off. <laughs> Now he just gets consistent summers off. <laughs> so, yeah, Camilla Cabello was um, doing a performance that was meant to be a send-up of all the cheesy aspects of 1980s pop videos. And one of those aspects uh, was a man who had a really, really bad spray tan because people used to like to look tanned in those 80s videos. And so because... So many people are so ready to complain about anything. Once they jumped on Twitter and finished accusing Cardi B of queer baiting, they then went to Fallon's Twitter and started talking about this Camilla Cabello performance and was basically saying, oh my God, she's got a performer in blackface. And she went, hold up, it's a bad spray tan. And it's meant to be a bad spray tan. Um, I just now looked at the photos for the first time. You can't even... You can't consider this blackface. No. There's nothing done. To, a big part of blackface is doing something to your lips. There's nothing done to his lips. Or he literally just looks like he has a disgusting tan. Do we need to cancel tan mom? <laughs> no, like, no, no, we are not canceling tan <laughs> because mom. Because that's where this goes. Do we need to cancel tan mom? And do I need to start limiting my pull time? Because I We're keeping this, tan mom, but we can get rid of the Jersey Shore. When it's, uh, you know, when it's 100 degrees outside in, uh, in DFW, I enjoy some pool time and I tend to like listening to podcasts while I'm at the pool but some of those podcasts are in excess of 60 minutes should I start limiting my pool time podcast listening to just 30 minutes because if we go over 30 minutes me with my blonde hair and blue eyes might get too much of a tan and suddenly I'm in Camilla Cabello hell (laughs) as long as you you know make sure you don't forget the sunscreen because you get red face that's also a cancelable offense And I don't know. I mean, I, when you read this, I'm thinking like, if there really is no such thing as bad publicity, maybe Jimmy Fallon was kind of like, well, at least it means people are talking about my show. I mean, because <laughs> you know he's got the Olympics to worry about, like, because he's just being tranched, tranched in all of the, uh, the, the the ratings, and now NBC is showing loads of Olympics now. Right. I mean, you got to be concerned if you're Jimmy Fallon and like poodle clipping is beating you in the rate. Do they still do that in the Olympics? I read poodle about clipping. That. Apparently, in one Oli- now this might be. I don't think they do it now, but in one Olympics there was poodle clipping, like as in giving dogs haircuts. Yes. As a sport. I don't know what poodle clipping is in the Urban Dictionary, but I believe in the 1900 Olympics, it definitely was a sport. When I Googled poodle clipping, the first thing to come up was poodle clipping Olympics. See? So I'm see, on. if you did some research... As part for- of the Olympics in Paris in 1900. See, if you did some research for this podcast, you'd be as well-read as I am. They had 128 people compete. So, Jimmy Fallon... Sta- 6,000 people went and watched. Jimmy Fallon's standing by the side of the stage, and he's watching Mr. Deliberately Bad Spray Tan. And he's thinking, oh my God, are people going to... Uh, Confuse this for blackface. And then he turns to his right and the roots seem to be kind of enjoying it. He's like, well, maybe not. And he's looking again and going, like, well, if the roots are all right with it and it means that I get a bump in rating so I'm not losing out to poodle clipping during the Olympics on NBC, maybe this will all come good in the end. I I no longer care about this story. Cancel Camilla Caballo. I don't care. (laughs) 
how do I become a professional poodle clipper? This is finally my way to become a professional athlete. Uh, well, I don't know. Well, yeah, but I don't know. I feel like I think the story was they tried it out as a sport in the 1900s and then decided that this wasn't a sport. Buddy, we're in the age of reboots. Bring it back. <laughs> I think it kind of. This is that's way better than horse dancing. Is that in the Olympics? Oh yeah, equestrian. Hell yeah, oh, right, where they right, like right, right, pick right. up and yeah. But no, but that's not actually horse dancing. Uh, the is horses it? dance, my well, friend. Yeah, no, I know, but they don't call it like the, they don't start playing "Beat It" by Michael Jackson, and then the horse does like a routine. You don't know all the music selections of this year's horses. I saw that. Um, skateboarding was in the olympics and yeah. i was a bit yeah yeah skateboarding's awesome i'm not against skateboarding as a thing i just don't know whether it's worthy of being considered an olympic sport i'm so i'm definitely pro skateboarding as a sport when i was growing up so i had uh, my family had a boat and we were real big into wakeboarding wake surfing mm-hmm. and stuff like that so i was uh I was always definitely into extreme sports. So in the winters, I would go to visit my grandpa in Colorado. I would snowboard. I would ski. And, you know. Is this before you got fat? Yeah. This right, one. Okay. I was I'm a little checking. chubby, but I definitely could do a lot more then than I can do now. But they I also. I just imagine the skateboarding just collapsing when you get on it. <laughs> well, rather that, than okay. <laughs> I was never good at skateboarding. Skateboarding because it didn't make sense to me. All the other sports, you were attached to the board. Because right now, don't take any offense at what I'm about to say. But when I think of Olympic skateboarding, I'm assuming it's people like launching themselves into the air and doing tricks and flipping around and the skateboard moves with them and all that kind of stuff. I could only imagine you launching yourself into the air right now if it was out of a cannon in a circus. Listen, man, I tell you this all. All the time for a short fat unathletic jewish kid i am the best athlete you have ever seen in your life i would absolutely be doing flips and all craziness if i was you know if i dedicated myself to a loss like two maybe three pounds i'd be in the x games two and or three two or pounds. three yeah not that, 20 or 30 no two no or two or three pounds. two or three that's all i really need to be in peak condition <laughs> right okay but yeah no, i you know i grew up the x games were really popular and that's you know when skateboarding kind of was legit legitimized and taken off just you know the streets and in magazines and in skate videos and kind of turned it into a legitimate sport so i think when you have stuff like horse dancing or poodle clipping Absolutely. Skateboarding is a legitimate sport. Well, skateboarding is more the legitimate than those. I mean, my my go-to for what should and shouldn't be considered a sport is if you can play the so-called sport being quite out of shape, then it shouldn't be a sport. And I don't take these people that want to have video games as a sport and can be like 25 stone and tell me about the strategy. Not good enough. If you look like you couldn't run from like one end of a football field to the other without almost dying, then whatever you claim to be doing as a sport isn't a real sport. Okay, you're seeing, you're thinking of skateboarders as like, the punk kids in your neighborhood when you were 13 who were like chubby wearing skinny jeans and those big puffy furry coats and like could barely do a kickflip. The professional skateboarders are in incredible condition. I mean, the top guy who he ended up having a pretty uh, bad showing on Sunday, Nigel Houston, he's been a pro skater since he was like 12. I mean, it's one of the most physical sports where you're slamming on concrete. He has never broken a bone in his life. Right, right. That, that takes a lot of athleticism that right it's there. Easy? Is that because it's easy? It's definitely. <laughs> if you saw what he did, you would not be calling it easy. No, 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 no. no. So originally, because I was looking at the list of uh, medals that uh, America has, and I saw skateboarding on there. And I thought, oh, I'm going to rally against skateboarding. And then I read about poodle clipping in the 1900s. And I thought, well, actually, no, I can see there's a degree of athleticism. Rallying against skateboarding in the Olympics is like rallying against my own argument. I see that there is a uh, a high level of fitness and uh, dexterity involved in skateboarding, whereas poodle clipping, that would definitely be like darts, 
something that could have been or in the past has been considered a sport that you could do if you're massively, massively out of shape and therefore it shouldn't be considered a sport. I think you need to stop trying to get rid of sports in the Olympics. I don't know if you've seen, America is losing right now the Olympics and we're down four to China. We need as many sports as possible. Well, you know, the Chinese are just going, well, that lab experiment worked, didn't it? We let Clearly the, we they're let cheating. The, we let the COVID go and we're beating them. <laughs> it was all for the Olympics. <laughs> so uh, where are we? Uh, China's got um, 11 think- medals and the USA's got 10. You are uh, like extremely unupdated. Uh, China has 18 medals. Uh, the U.S. has 14. Japan has 13. All right. So you know why I'm unupdated? Because I did some prep for this podcast. You did fuck all prep and you're just hitting Olympic updates on Google right now. I literally just typed in not even I didn't even type in the full ESPN.com. I typed in the E. My computer knew where I was going. The first thing I saw the medal count. It's not that difficult. You don't have to do any prep for this. What's the medal What's count? next? You're going to tell me to read the newspaper before I come in? <laughs> <laughs> What's the medal count again? China has 18 medals. America has 14 medals. And mm. Japan has 13 medals. But it's still early. No, We're no, only no, in no, like no, day no, four. No, 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 no. I know. I know. And, you know, far be it from me to say anything anti-American. You better not. Because I love being here and the podcast is called Did You America? And, you know, it's the greatest country on earth. And I've come from Shitsville and I hate Shitsville and I love America. Is that enough of a preamble to my butt? When you send as many athletes as America does, you should win, right? I mean, we. we I feel like China has a lot of athletes too. No, that's true. At least we're not Russia, who cheated, doesn't even have a real team, and still sent 300 athletes. (laughs) Did they? Yeah, and they're winning medals as the IOC. No one even knows what that is. (laughs) All right, well, of course, I'm supporting America. And um, you better be well, absolutely because you know the only thing British about me is my place of birth and accent. Uh, but again, I think this is—is is this not an American attitude? If you send that many athletes, you should fucking win. The American attitude is: if you're not first, you're last. And right now, we're last. <laughs> Get I it t- together, America! I'll tell you something else. Uh, that just to because uh, you know I like to throw in points that should make. Um, Americans feel grateful that they live in America. This is a bit Brussels sprout syndrome because I've been watching some of the coverage on NBC. Again, so much better than if you were in Shitsville and having to deal with the coverage on the BBC. Because on NBC, it's all on one network. If I was back in Shitsville at the moment trying to cover the coverage on the BBC, they spread it across about six different uh, channels and God knows how many streaming platforms. So literally, you could have the men's 100 metres, right? And the gun goes off and they go, okay, if you'd like to watch the rest of the men hundred meters, it's now on BBC Two. And they're like, and you have to go, all right, it's a slight exaggeration. They might have switched channels during the men's hundreds of meters. But <laughs> right in the middle of the race. But literally, it's like, okay, if you want to, pr- and they've got these uh, in the UK, it's not just about um, like going to an app or going to a different channel. They have, the, the BBC has got this thing called the red button. Like there's a whole other level of choosing programs where you have to get a list of colored options, right? Which first of all is discriminating against people who are colorblind but they'll show you like okay if you've enjoyed today's hour coverage of clay pigeon shooting and you'd like to enjoy a sport that's actually worth watching please hit the red button now what is that in braille right and then you'll hit the red button and then you'll go on to some other channel that you've never found before that the bbc run and then they'll go unfortunately due to a uh, hold up we're now going to run the coverage of that and then you've got to take it to another channel and then you know the other thing that really annoyed me about the bbc's coverage when i was back in shitsville and trying to watch the olympics because the bbc's so overstaffed and overfunded because people have to pay it like an annual tax to keep it going and they send so many people to the olympics to all in order to justify their jobs the commentators don't shut up because they know they've only got about three minutes on one channel before the fucking network switches to another channel so you'll be trying to enjoy some sort of event and they don't shut up through any of it and i'm like you don't need to give me a commentary to this extent shut up before telling me to press the red button to go to something else that i don't have to go to another network and, blah, blah, blah. and i understand a lot of people listening to this are americans and they're thinking what the hell is ian canfield talking about what i'm talking about is the fact that here you just have to watch it on nbc and that's so nice in comparison well sometimes nbc sports but i get your point 
Okay, occasionally you go to a different channel, but not six, but they don't ever go, okay, can you see the little square on your screen that's in blue? Try and find that, and if you can and get to it in time, you might be able to check out like the swimming. You're right. The, those problems are a lot worse than my Olympic problems. I was frustrated because on the coverage of NBC, one of their hosts had a British accent. What the hell is this? I don't want to hear her try to explain sports to me. It was very confusing. I hear enough British accents two hours a week with you. <laughs> and so many Texans are going, who employed the Australian? <laughs> exactly. All right. Song of the Week update uh, coming up. Um, hey, I've got a new idea for a feature based around OJ Simpson. And um, we didn't kill Jackie Mason, did we? It's coming in part two. Okay, let's do part two of Did You America? Last week for Song of the Week, Jeremy chose The Way That I Do by Duran Jones and The Indication. 6% of the vote. Hell yeah. New York producer going with Give Me the Future by Bastille. 25% of the vote. Iron Maiden win. Bill. Uh, the writing on the wall. 69% of the vote. Thank you if you uh, got involved with last week's Song of the Week. We have three new songs for you to choose from... This week, you can vote at didyouamerica.com or I'll have a poll on my Twitter, at Ian Canfield. Uh, this week, New York producer going with Downtown by Jake Bug. I am going with Childish Gambino's Britney Howard cover, Stay High. And I am choosing uh, the new song by the Manic Street Preachers called The Secret He Had Missed. Manic Street Preachers are one of those British bands who are, they've always been big in Shitsville. And they never really cracked America, and it's all the fault of Oasis because Mannix came over with Oasis on that famous tour where they just left America after about three dates because they're a bunch of work-shy fucking Brits from Shitsville. You can stay out. And, uh, you know, Manic Street Preachers were opening up on that tour and were like, oh, well, we, we'd quite like to put in the two months of work and see if we can break America uh, back in the 90s. And the people organizing the tour went, nah, you got to go home because the headlining acts <laughs> have decided that they'd rather play to stadiums and in the UK and forget about America because it's too much work. And... um. So the Manic Street Preachers never really got to uh, claw back a US career by being uh, guilty by association. But they got a new album coming out and the stuff I've heard from it is good. So that's why I've chosen The Secret He Had Missed. So Secret He Had Missed by the Manic Street Preachers, Stay High by Childish Gambino or Downtown by Jake Bug. You can vote for Song of the Week at DidYouAmerica.com. Um, you can also vote at uh, the poll that I will put on my Twitter. Um, while we're talking about you getting in touch with us, uh, which you can do via the website um i gotta thank uh, thank steve t who sent me a message with a picture of a new lemmy from motorhead gnome that he has just received oh wow i know it's great great merchandise i've never been someone who uh, cares about uh, outdoor furniture like I, i've got a balcony for my apartment and I, occasionally i stand on the balcony and look at, you can see all my neighbors' balconies because it's kind of in a square shape around the, the pool where I live. And I always think, kind of letting the neighborhood down. Like everyone's got some nice looking chairs or plants or lights or stuff like that. And the only thing on my balcony are my sneakers that I put out there to air out after I've been for a run. <laughs> you know, yeah, not quite a lemmy gnome. Well, and, and, and now I've seen this and I'm thinking like, you know what, my, uh, my Motorhead uh, fandom perhaps needs to be displayed externally as well as internally. I mean, you come to my apartment and you have to wipe your feet on a motorhead doormat, right? Oh, for sure. You know, there's 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 motorhead Funkos everywhere, but um, it could brighten up the place. So Steve T, and it's great, right? It's it's Lemmy in gnome form giving the finger. Uh, and, I, and I think from memory, he's got a cigarette in his mouth as well. I can like, only imagine. The attention to detail of Lemmy in gnome form is uh, pretty good. So yeah, Steve T, I appreciate that. Um, Edward also sent us a message uh, on Twitter, said uh, he did a good live stream on Instagram listening to Did You America whilst doing at-home drawing. So I take from this that Edward's a bit of a budding artist, and when he doodles, and I guess he posts his, his sort of art in progress as an Instagram live thing so people can follow it, we're his inspiration. Hell yeah. Yeah. And you I better not be stealing our sound, though. And putting, I'm just kidding. I'll take the promotion anywhere we can get it. I like the idea of of an artiste doing a 
a visual interpretation of what he's listening to. Like, you know, sometimes people, I've, I've, I've heard people do this, like they'll listen to certain music with like a pencil and paper in front of them and they close their eyes and just like, without even looking, just draw what they feel the music is speaking to them and they'll be like, it's always stuff like, okay, here's my visual interpretation of the war on drugs, right? They've listened to like some, some, you know, or like, here's my visual interpretation to Radiohead's Kid A. You know, the album that sounded like a soundtrack from start to finish, right. like that kind of thing. He's doing that with us. And I, and it, I, 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 it was only like a 10 second clip. So I don't know what the art turned out to be um, in I, the end. But I can it, tell you what it is. Kind of looked like it was getting a bit phallic. That's what I'm. If, it, if we're his inspiration, the only thing he's drawing is penises. I was wondering, and you can you can uh, you know feel free to respond, Edward. But did the finished result look like a cock and balls? <laughs> because I was seeing the kind of like a penis outline from that. You're about to get the weirdest dick pic you've ever received. <laughs> Anyway, if you'd like to send some artistic interpretation of uh, Did You America to make this podcast even more highbrow than it already is, then uh, by all means, send your submissions to didyouamerica.com or you can communicate. I'm Ian Camfield on Twitter or Camfield off the radio on Instagram. And um, your drawings do not have to be phallic. Yeah, dick pics and the DMs only, though. All right, uh, let's get back to some other stuff. Do we need to have a new segment? We've already got cock talk. Brace yourself, I'm about to say something controversial. Oh, no. Do we need to invent a new segment called OJ, right again? <laughs> Imagine it, like- what was the first time? I keep on seeing him providing social commentary on Twitter via video from the golf course. And he says some stuff and I think, yeah, he's kind of making sense. (laughs) It's a dark path when you start agreeing with OJ. Well, the thing is, like, if you... If you were to remove the cutting off of the heads and that, right? <laughs> He's and had some good thoughts. <laughs> Look, we're all surrounded by one really bad thought. <laughs> the guy still ran for 2,000 yards, damn it. I don't like the way that you are degrading my new concept to being like, yeah, Ian, you're starting to sound like the type of person that goes, well, yeah, but Hitler had some good ideas. <laughs> I, I wouldn't put OJ on that level, but, you know, I'm I'm just saying it's a little scary when you know at first we were talking you know early in this podcast we were talking about oj like we need a third season of did you america or not uh, did you america made it whatever the show was called oj in america whatever the hell it was well, oh the people versus the OJ people versus Simpson. oj that's second what it was season there hasn't been a second right, we season. Need a second season of that then it turned into like making fun of his social media and now like in this war against nfl player cole beasley you're full on oj's side well so um cole beasley doesn't want to get vaccinated right and um uh oj went onto twitter like he does over the weekend and um he basically uh said that his advice for beasley and other players who don't want to get vaccinated is don't play and he told a story about someone who lied about receiving the covid19 vaccine uh, and would go on to test positive and die a little over one week later and uh, so this is now again if people don't feel comfortable getting the vaccine I'm not saying that you should absolutely go out and get the vaccine like I've chosen to get the vaccine you chose to get right. the vaccine uh, in fact you got yours really early oh yeah I yeah. was I'm like in fact, OG on it yeah you almost had like a some sort of insider dealing because I feel like you jumped the line like you're not so fat that you're at such a health risk that you should have got the vaccine as early as you did there may have been a 95 year old grandma that's dead because of your fat the, self the state of Texas looked at me, said, sir, you are definitely fat enough. Get in this line. Um, So this is what OJ Simpson said. Now I'm watching the Buffalo Bills. I'm watching Cole Beasley and I like Beasley. I loved how he played for the Bills last year. But this talk about losing his rights if he got his shot, BS, says OJ. You don't have a right to drive at 0.08 alcohol consumption in your blood. You don't have a right to drive over 80 miles per hour. Those are safety issues. This whole thing is about safety, public safety. It's not about your rights. 
Now, again, I'm not telling anyone that they should get the vaccine, but I read that in the context of playing football, and that made me think, is it time to invent the feature? OJ, right again. I I can't believe I'm saying this. I never thought I would ever say this, but you're right. And so is OJ. Imagine the, the sound effects, right? I'll get, you know, we've got a drunk producer who I can only get to make like one thing every six months because it takes him that long to sober up, right? right? It should just go, I think maybe a sung intro to soften the blow. Because if, if we sing the intro, maybe it'll upset less people by just the whole idea of this feature. And so it goes, ba-ba-da-bum-bum-bum, OJ, right again, ding! <laughs> like, you know, if you're playing on a quiz and it goes ding oh i got it i'm with it what what is oj like a killer (laughs) at what point do we forget is he so good at giving opinions that we forget about him being a murderer well i don't know if it speaks to the extent that oj is so good at giving opinions or if the current state of the world in 2021 is that there's so much social media consumed that's driven so many people that maybe used to be slightly more sane crazy that within this world, suddenly you read, and not everything, but you read quite a few of the opinions of OJ and go, yeah, 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 that makes sense. Would you ever have believed that in 2021, the word of OJ is stronger than the word of Bill Cosby? I mean, there you go. I'm listening to OJ. Look, Cole Beasley, I was a big fan of Cole Beasley. He was a great Cowboys receiver for about the first, I think it was like six years of his career before he went to Buffalo. But man, does he just come off as stupid with every single one of these opinions he's giving. And like the stupidest people on the internet, he feels the need to be the most vocal about it. So now he's at the point where, I mean, the team might cut him just for being a distraction. In which case, you know, hey, welcome back to Dallas. We clearly don't care about the vaccine here. (laughs) So basically what you just articulated is exactly what OJ said. Come play for Dallas? No. The bit before (laughs) We'll take OJ too, sure. If you can still run for 2,000 yards. We've taken a lot worse on the Cowboys. There's been some other things, uh, you know, regarding the vaccine and and other stuff where I'm like, you know, like, I don't, it's, um, put it this way, OJ. If you've still got an agent and you're starting to get offers for that Cosby OJ tour, I think you need to call up your agent and go, if we take these offers, is it going to affect my chances of doing a new segment called OJ Ding Right Again? He's at least going to be the headliner of the tour. (laughs) Talking of comedic talent, Jackie Mason. You did it. You did it again. We just a few weeks ago, you introduced me to the world of Jackie Mason. I had heard of Jackie Mason, but I'd never really known of him. And right as I'm about to jump into this fabulous Jewish filled world of comedy, you took him away from me. I do have an unfortunate track record of uh, we talk about uh, people on this show and then something very unfortunate happens to them. Or I'll go see a, an artist thinking, oh, they're getting on a bit. They might not be playing much in the future. And then after I see them very quickly, they died. There's a lot of examples of this. The two most notable are, I went to see Steely Dan, turned out to be the penultimate show with- uh, Walter Becker. Yeah. And um, I went to see Neil Diamond when I could have gone to see Metallica on the same night. And Neil Diamond, like a month later, got Parkinson's, can't play anymore. I don't know if you can blame Jackie Mason on me though. He was 93 and also, Also, for someone who is always intrigued by all levels of somewhat famous Jewish entertainers. I mean, you are the person, well, I'll mention someone and your reaction is like, oh, they're a Jew. And then you want to know everything about them. Had you known about Jackie Mason, who is the most Jewish of Jewish entertainers ever, maybe you would have lasted a bit longer because we wouldn't have done a segment on him on this podcast. Don't don't you dare put this Jew murder on me, fella. Don't you dare. Hitler's wet dream over there with your blonde hair and blue eyes. Don't you dare put this on me. You killed a Jewish icon. I was. Uh, you walked right into the gas, my friend. 
It was 93. Yeah, Yeah. modern medicine, he was expected to live to at least 103. He had 10 good years left, and then you just had to mention him. It was a a nothing common, too. He wasn't in the news. You brought him up out of nowhere, murderer. I brought him up out of nowhere because as someone who's infatuated with all things Jewish and has done stand-up comedy, I could not believe that you weren't familiar with Jackie Mason. You know how many Jewish comics there are? They're all Jewish. He was a rabbi, and then he became a comic. Is there anything more Jewish than that? Eddie Murphy, Jewish. (laughs) All of them. Secretly down the line somewhere. All right, so just a quick little tribute to Jackie Mason. Uh, He must have been... So if he died at at 93, he was in his 80s when I went to see him twice because he came to London... um, First of all, for a farewell tour. So a friend and I said, oh. Who is he, Kiss? We should, well, was like, we should definitely go see Jackie Mason. He's like, you know, must be 100. Oh, my God. He's actually like 83 or whatever it was. And um, we, went to see the, uh, we went to see the farewell tour. And then about five years later, he came back for the farewell tour again. And the prices were like, I mean, I don't want to play up to stereotypes, but he was a man who liked to take people's money. I mean, it was, <laughs> <laughs> the, the prices were sky high, like so, so expensive. Uh, look, he was taking, he was like, I'm still on the road. I have to make it worth it. it. Was so, I mean, I, I guess, you know, if I was him and I was 82 and he's traveling from New York to London, I mean, I would have charged that amount as well. But like he was taking a, a pretty penny for his, uh, for his two farewell shows. And when he came back and did the second show, um, it was basically exactly the same as the first show. And I remember my friend being a bit like, we've paid like £160 per ticket for the same show again. And I'm like, you got to give him the benefit of the doubt. He doesn't remember he did this material five years ago. No, of like, course I, not. I, I, I don't know. But, the, but, the, the, but I think this spoke to the strength of the material. He came in the first time and did an interview with someone. There was a bunch of radio stations in the building where I worked. Um, did an interview with someone at the talk station and I was very upset that the talk station got prioritized over my show because he only would do one interview because obviously at 82 it would wear him out so five years later he came back and was still doing promotion and I was like back off talk station I'm getting Jackie Mason this time (laughs) and much like his stage show he came in to do the radio promotion and told exactly the same jokes as he did but even though I'd heard them be broadcast on the talk station when he was doing exactly the same material in the radio promotion on my show that time I still loved it like I knew it was almost like I knew it was coming it was like watching Spinal Tap like there were certain things like I knew when I would say okay we're gonna go to we're gonna break now but we're gonna come back in five minutes with more with Jackie Mason he's come back to that would be people pay to advertise on this show like everything was like that kind of like put down and everything but it was still great well now I understand by the way in terms of him taking money as well I did fucking promotion for him still couldn't get free tickets (laughs) I was gonna say I I now understand your infatuation with me because now that Jackie Mason is gone I probably have the most Jewish based humor of anyone on earth and you've just been waiting for that moment in your radio repertoire once again and that's what i'm here for yeah you know what you need to do after this podcast you need to go home google some jackie mason and then come back to me when you're that funny screw that i'm just gonna become a rabbi and talk about make a bunch of jew jokes boom i'm jackie mason now no see that's the thing you're not (laughs) don't put me down like that man i am jackie mason So, yeah, he was great. And I'm glad that he got to 93 years of age um, and was still doing it in his 80s, charging a fucking fortune for tickets. Um, I'm going to charge you a fortune one day. Well, are you? I think you need to go home after this and just watch some Jackie Mason and see how funny it is. I'm just saying, I'm clearly going to take over this position now and you're not going to support me. I'm not giving you the cheap free tickets. But now it brings me to my next point given my track record. So over the weekend, Jackie Mason passes away and I thought to myself, you know, oh God, Jeremy's going to be accusing me of killing Jackie Mason. Yeah, add it to your alibi. And then I wake up today and see that Steely Dan, that's now basically the Donald Fagan project, have announced some shows. And they ain't playing Texas, but they are playing some dates in Florida in October. You stay away from those Miami shows, my friend. You stay the hell away. You don't even get to be in Georgia that weekend. 
You have to you have to go to California. You get as far away as possible from Miami, Alaska. <laughs> I'll buy you tickets. Because I've got some friends in St. Petersburg, and not many people play St. Petersburg in oh Florida, and I do quite like it there, and they're doing two nights, the Donald Fagan version of say, Steely Dan. So I saw he announced these shows two, I was very confused, because Steely Dan, as any fan knows, is only Fagan and Becker. Yeah. But Becker is dead now. Thanks to me. Right, exactly. <laughs> and luckily, because you're not going to go to these shows, Fagan is still with us. But you would think, knowing the egos... That created Steely Dan. At this point, Fagan would just be like, uh, Steely Dan is dead. It's Fagan forever now. Yeah, maybe. Well, there was also, I like also that when the two of them were alive, I always got a vibe that, because they split up in the late 70s and then didn't do anything as Steely Dan for like the best part of two decades. And I always got the kind of vibe that when they got back together again and they, I think they made like two more albums sporadically, but did quite a lot of touring sort of 90s and into the 2000s. I always kind of got the vibe that they were doing it because there was money to be made and they were still really good. But they probably didn't get along, but they kind of covered that up. And then pretty much as soon as Walter Becker died, Walter Becker's family was suing the ass off Donald Fagan for just like <laughs> everything. <absolutely> everything. <laughs> so I don't know where it like, but you know what, you know what it is? Even if he would like to go out as just Donald Fagan, promoters need to make as much money from live music more so now than ever because, you know, due to COVID, they couldn't have any for about a year. And the name Steely Dan is going to bring more people in than the name Donald Fagan. And this is like going down like so many leagues, you would never have heard of this band. But here's a humorous example as to as to why that works. You know the band Dokken, right? right. 80s big hair metal band. Right. Um, the guitarist in Dokken is a guy called George Lynch, right? And he suddenly decided to get super woke about six months ago because he had a side project that did stuff on and off for years and they were called Lynch Mob. And yeah. suddenly he goes, okay, woke announcement. I'm no longer going to be touring as Lynch Mob because of the connotations and the football teams and they're changing their names and right. we can't do this anymore. And he made a big song and dance about it and changing all the names and all that kind of stuff. I noticed that about two weeks ago, Lynch Mob were playing the Whiskey A Go-Go in Hollywood <laughs> because you know what? Whatever he decided to call the fucking band, the promoters called up and went, all right, dial your wokeness back because if we don't call it Lynch Mob, we're not going to sell any tickets. So you're going out again as Lynch Mob. See, he got screwed because he couldn't even do what the Dixie Tricks did and you know, just drop Dixie because both Lynch and Mob have <laughs> negative connotations. Like, he's screwed. We're now just blank. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the promoters were going, whatever name you've chosen, and instead may as well just be blank. So we need to stick with Lynch Mob. Bringing it back to Steely Dan, why I think he would totally ignore that, though, is as you say, you know, you're lucky. You've been to Steely Dan shows. The real Steely the real Dan. Se- see, I'm screwed. I've never seen Steely Dan, but I want to see a Steely Dan show at least once in my life. Right. But it's not the same well, as just seeing Fagan without Becker. Well, I mean, the thing is, is because Fagan was the singer, it still sounds like Steely Dan because he can get... And it was always, you know, yes, you're right. Steely Dan at the core was the two of them. But as a live entity, there were always way more people performing right. on stage. Um, he leaves a vacant microphone stand off the side of the stage where Walter Becker would have stood. Um and I don't know whether that's him being respectful or whether like he's religious or superstitious. And every time he goes on stage because they did actually hate one another, that's Donald Fagan's way of going, hey, you asshole, I'm doing it without you. I, right. I was going to say, that's definitely him being like, just so you guys know, I'm alone and I know it too. <laughs> but that's, that's again why I think he, I'm surprised he didn't change the name because he, you know, you said multiple times, he doesn't play the hits. He plays whatever the hell he wants. And the people in the stance, he doesn't want the people in the stands to be Steely Dan P 
people. He wants them to be like the dedicated fans that want like his true art that are going to be okay with just him and him alone. Well, you know, the other thing that I noticed around about the exact same time that Walter Becker's family decided they were going to sue Donald Fagan, Donald Fagan went out as Steely Dan and suddenly, oh, you're getting Donald Fagan solo songs in the set. That's also his way of going, ha here's your empty microphone stand. And by the way, here's three tracks from my Nightfly album that you wouldn't let me play when you were alive, you asshole. That's in the announcement that I saw of the tour dates. It even said like, oh, he'll be playing this collection of Steely Dan songs and a collection of his songs from this album of his solo work that's coming out on the same day. Like, he's so excited. This is, I'm sorry. I, I, again, I want to go. I was even, I saw it was in Dallas. I called my friend and said, hey, October, let's go to Miami for a weekend. yes. But I just, I don't know if I want to see Fagan solo work and Fagan alone with miscellaneous musicians. I want to hear the Steely Dan songs I love with Fagan and Becker. I want my old school. I want Hey 19. I want Deacon Blues. But you you probably will get those in amongst a load of B-sides. And because you've still got the singer, I know know Walter Becker's not there, but it does still sound like Steely Dan. I've not seen it officially live, but I've watched it on YouTube. My other observation about modern day Steely Dan is... If there is some sort of afterlife, can you imagine how pissed off Walter Becker is upstairs or downstairs from wherever he's viewing us? And he's going, are you fucking kidding me? We were like old men dad rock. Suddenly I die and people like Pete Davidson are saying we're cool. Like, why, why did that not happen during my life? Right. I Do you think, you know, I don't play guitar, but maybe we can get in touch with Donald Fagan and he'll just let me stand on stage and I'll basically be like, the Walter Becker hologram. I think there's every chance if Donald Fagan ever hears this and also my reputation oh, for, he will. for unfortunately, you know, killing elderly uh, entertainers, he'll probably say, hey, I heard the two hosts of that podcast are planning on doing a, a Florida trip for when I'm playing the shows. The one who killed Jackie Mason, he can't come in. The one who thinks he's Jackie Mason, he's fine. <laughs> Let him in. Put him on stage. I'm going to be touring for the next 10 years. I'm telling you, though, um, I don't think you'll be... I mean, yeah, I, it would have been better to see Walter Becker as a member of Steely Dan. I screwed that up for you. Yeah. But I don't think you'll be disappointed. Like, sonically, it's not like you can notice a difference. All right, well, it looks like we're taking Did You America on the road. Like, uh, Walter Becker, not taking anything away from his uh, musical ability, but he wasn't exactly the most animated man on stage. It's not like going to see the old version of Guns N' Roses where Axel didn't have Slash and you noticeably noticed that Slash wasn't there. Walter Becker, as a live performer, is not that type of person. I mean, to be fair... That vacant microphone stand that Donald Fagan keeps on the stage, you could probably put a cardboard cutout of Walter Becker behind it and it would have the same level of of, of of adding a vibe to the show as Walter Becker did when I saw them together. My favorite John Mulaney joke is he says that Walter Becker looks like the dad, when he plays, he looks like the dad in the Lunesta commercial. <laughs> I feel like that's just like the perfect, it's just like happy-go-lucky, kind of like rocking back and forth, but really not doing much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But also- then all of a sudden again my old school comes on and he just shreds like a minute solo at the end you're like this guy fucking rocks yeah yeah i miss it i'm telling you it's it's gonna be fine without walter becker and my final tip for people who might want to be going to see a steely dan show is ticket prices are probably quite high you don't need to be anywhere near the front you can actually be almost near the back because they're still very musically precise, so they make sure that the sound is good. Because I'm telling you, there ain't no one in that Steely Dan audience that's getting up out of their seat. It's, <laughs> a, it's not the type of audience where you're going to have your view blocked. That's like uh, I went to uh, when Billy Joel was here a few, like a year and a half ago. He was closing the uh, Rangers ballpark. Yeah. He, uh, the section we, me and my friend were in was very old let's say like we were close to the stage but we were definitely the youngest people by 20 years in our section and Mm. me and the girl i were with you know we we got pretty drunk very quick and so by song three 
we were Billy Joel's backup singers. <laughs> and you could tell every single person in our section hated us. We ruined the show for them, but... God damn, did I love that show. Have I ever told you about the time that I was in a dueling piano bar and I got a re- I got a round of applause for my rendition of Billy Joel? No. Pissed off the actual piano player so much. <laughs> anyway. It was Billy Joel. <laughs> oh, let me tell you that when they... Uh, I'm like, That's my trick for going to a dueling piano bar. I'm like, throw up a bunch of money and write down scenes from an Italian restaurant on oh, the paper. And they go, really? Song. You want that one? I said, listen... My performance needs the full seven minutes. Piano man's <laughs> piano man's not long enough. Like you, you need the full. You need seven minutes of this. You came out. You said a bottle of red, a bottle of white. It all depends, <laughs> depends upon, upon your, your appetite. appetite. I'll meet you anytime you want in your Italian restaurant. Yeah, it was great. Anyway, that's another story for another day. Even great though I, I technically did. You what? Great Jew. Oh, you're familiar with Billy Joel. Well, that's good. I am a you I know, am a Jew you know. with New York roots. Billy Joel is in my blood, sir. Jackie Mason was a New York Jew way before Billy Joel. Yeah, but uh, I, I'm my roots. Billy are... Joel realized that he was he was like it doesn't matter how much of a midget I am, I'm still never going to be as funny as Jackie Mason. <laughs> so I'm going to learn how to play and sing instead, and that's going to be my foray into right. show business. Right? <laughs> it was all based. On Jackie Mason, everything though. came from Jackie Mason. <laughs> he used to call up Jack, Billy Joel. Used to call up Jackie Mason and go, "Don't you dare put a piano in this part of your set, otherwise I've got no career whatsoever." R.I.P. to the real piano man, Jackie Mason. <laughs> right, you need to go away and do your homework and learn some Jackie Mason. I'm going to go away and decide how many rows back I can get for tickets for Steely Dan. I'd say like you could be in row 30 and still get a good view. I uh, got to price that up, and we're going. Did you America on the road? Yeah, St. Petersburg, Florida. Oh, um, right. I think we America today. If you want to talk to us, it's uh, didyouamerica.com. You can buy t-shirts. Blah, 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 blah. Nipples. Nipples. Yeah, yeah. End. <laughs> <laughs>